Welcome to Casey Corner, episode 96. 96, Brooksy. We're getting there. And we got a special guest today. We First do. time in a little bit. Oh, it's, I'm so excited. This will be a good one. Do you want to introduce who it is? Well, you know, no, let's keep it a secret. Okay, let's All keep right, it a let's secret. Just, let's just, uh, yeah, we have something really good. Let me say, it's somewhere in between the Pope and the President. I mean, something Nice, okay. <laughs> super, super, super important. Good. Super important. Hey, but welcome back. Yes, it was, uh, I'm glad to be back in the great state of Florida. Well, you, sure. you, uh, you thought Chicago was a little bit chilly? Chilly, just, we, I took off Thursday morning, it was 70 degrees here early in the morning, Landed in Chicago and it was seven degrees. Oh my god! They, dro- they dropped to zero. Somewhere. Yeah, I had some pants on, a shirt, and I grabbed a hoodie out of my bag, and it was terrible. That's not, that's not enough. No, it's not nearly enough. But most of your time, because I know it was a business trip, was inside. Is that correct? Yes. Thank, thank, thankfully, yes. And you guys crushed it. I hear. Mm-hmm. We had to wait after dinner one night. We had to wait for our Uber and. My friend Eric and I walked outside a little early, and oh, and it was cold. Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. we were chattering. It was it was yeah, not good at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't walk outside <laughs> early in Chicago. It was whatever. stupid. It was That's very crazy. stupid. Well, welcome back. Unfortunately, the most beautiful night. It was thirty five oh, and like oh, a cold rain. So oh. that, that was where we felt the most comfortable. Mm, mm. <laughs> not good. No, not There's good. Nothing at all. like Florida. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, it's incredible. It's amazing. <clears throat> well, we miss you, Brooks. But we had a great Sunday. Uh, it started a new series. So what I meant to say, let's just jump right in. Yeah, is, do it. Uh, we're using January uh, to really focus in on the church. And, and uh, the name of uh, my series is The Glorious Body of Christ. You can see this book here by mm-hmm. a guy named Kuiper. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just remember reading that years ago, probably back in my seminary days, and thought, I love that that description of the church, this glorious body of Christ. And because, as you know, King's Chapel has got some exciting things going on in the month of January. I mean, some big seismic shifts and some beautiful blessings with our officers being elected and uh, with their being installed in a couple of weeks. And we're transitioning from a church that's really led by a board to a church that's uh, more of a biblical model of being led by elders and, and having deacons to come alongside and serve. And our King's Chapel Women's Council, I'm so excited to have plugged in. So we jumped into the church. And one of the things I tried to say last week was we looked at 1 Corinthians 12, uh, and a lot of people can say, you know what, here we're voting on officers and all these people who know more than I do or do more than I do or are gifted more than I am. And oftentimes I think about, you know, really what makes a church flourish? And is it an 80-20 rule? Is it a 70-30 rule? It's a 100-100 rule I mentioned, and it's all hands on deck. Um, mm-hmm. I love it because at our congregational meeting in the evening, somebody came up to me and said that one phrase really stuck with them was all hands on deck. And it was uh, an elderly a woman who just says, hey, I, I got a role, and it makes me feel great that, that I'm, I'm vital to this, and it's so true. But what I really want to bore down to is a lot of the parts Paul says that seem weaker are indispensable. And I think, I think that that's a mindset for a lot of people. I just... Do I know enough to serve the church? Am I good enough to serve the church? Am I experienced enough? Am I going to mess it up? And it's like, no, just jump in. You know, we need everybody. So, um, you know, it was it was an exciting start. I, I love to see uh, uh, some new folks there and uh, just to get some energy about, hey, everybody needs to be a part of this. And I didn't have it in my notes, but I talked about, hey, what kind of ship are we if we were going to be a ship? And, you know, a lot of people think a, a church is a cruise ship, but... Really, it's much more missional, and I mm-hmm. I usually come back to the aircraft carrier. I mean, it's kind of a community uh, on the water that's launching missions uh, 
hopefully not just dropping bombs. But anyway, yeah. And with King's Chapel, too, you see we have to get there at 9 a.m. before the service. It's not our building, so we have to set up every week. And if you're there at 9 or early uh, before the service one day, you see everyone scurrying around. We're in the sound booth trying to get all the levels down, and hopefully right. they didn't change anything. Oh, Bill Chapman did. putting up all the signs, yeah. and it's a lot of worker bees before the service. Yeah. And I think King's Chapel has done a great job so far. Well, thanks, Brooks. And I agree, but you know, it's oftentimes a lot of the same worker bees. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the better picture is uh, some newbies. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at there. We're yeah. going to use that one right there. So, uh, <laughs> Um, getting them involved as well, but it's it's been amazing. Hey, you missed it? They put some new lights in the sanctuary. Mm, they I heard put some, uh, yeah, and they're like they're like incredibly bright. And, uh, <laughs> they were smoking. I'm not sure what's going on. But they're, they're still figuring out the place a little bit. Every out. week that we show up, something's new, and yeah. like it, the floors didn't match a little bit, and yeah. just like you know, I think it's all going to come together. At it some will point. come together. But it's been <laughs> they're doing pieces of, pieces at a time. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do we have for this week as you continue on? Well. Is this week we're going to continue on? We're, we're looking at uh, it's an incredible passage out of Ephesians four, uh, and I'm so excited. It's basically, hey, why did God? Why did specifically in Ephesians four? Easy for me to say <laughs> uh, was that Christ gave gifts to the church. So he's the one who gives gifts, and it's a really cool. Uh, it, it connects to Psalm sixty eight, and I'm going to unpack that. But let me get to the point and say what it was great. It's like the gifts I've given of leaders is really to equip the entire church to do ministry. Mm-hmm. And so it's this picture of how the, the church is supposed to be all hands on deck and all engaged on the mission. And so the leaders aren't the ones who do the ministry. The leaders are the ones who empower the church, all of us, to do the ministry. And so that's that's what I hope to say and uh, really look forward to it. Again, this is going to be just a little four-week uh, series uh, in the month of January, just focus on the church. So, yeah. And you kind of did a fly fly over with it this past week about it. Like this isn't for praise. This, you know, people aren't hired. It's it's for the greater good. Um, Amen. For, for the church. Amen. You know, and for the greater good, for the glory of our great God, for the good of our neighbor. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've been using that our, our motto. What's a motto? Nothing. What's a motto? Here? So, uh, I'm sorry. Dad joke slipping in early. It's terrible. Um, so you know, it's just basically. Uh, what was as I was thinking this week is that you know for the glory of our great God is for our good you know you know so the, those things are so intrinsically linked in the gospel is that we were created for God's glory and you know redeemed by the blood of Christ for God's glory but also to live for the good of our neighbor and, and for the good of ourselves is is God's glory and the mm-hmm. good of our neighbor and how you know I just excited the more that we become, what God wants us to be as the church. The more that we flourish, mm-hmm. that we flourish corporately, the more we flourish individually. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's good stuff. And you kind of talked about that last week. We're called to be part of the church, not a solo mission or right. to do it on our own or anything like that. We're called to jump in and not only attend and go on a carnival ship, but exactly. uh, help out in any way where your talents are. You know, and, and, and to find that community and to find your place is so beautiful. So if anybody's listening and then you have this mindset of, hey, the church is not that big a deal. You know, I just got my journey with Jesus and my Bible. And it's all I need. I mean, obviously Jesus is always the one, but he, he's made us for community just as God exists in community, father, son, and Holy spirit always has. He's com- uh, created us for community and he's created us for the bride. And so, um, if you're listening and you're not connected to a local church, let me just tell you, jump in, um, you know, not just for your good, but for God's glory and for the church's Mm -hmm. benefit so absolutely 
Let's go. Is it time for our guest? Yeah, it's time for our guest. Do we have a drum roll? Can you can you do can you put in a drum roll? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's my privilege and pleasure to introduce to you, uh, for the very first time on KC Corner World, our new pastoral assistant, a very talented, incredible Charlie Woodward. <sighs> <laughs> Charlie, welcome to KC Corner. Welcome to Kings yeah, Chapel. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Oh my goodness, are you kidding? We love having you, Charlie. You're so excited. So, Charlie, uh, you're finishing up your Masters of Divinity uh, at a place called Reform Theological Seminary. Who in the world goes to seminary, Charlie? Only people who like uh, abusing themselves and <laughs> not sleeping. Yeah, a lot of people like to study things like Greek and Hebrew <laughs> and ancient text. Hey. You know, and so how many years typically is does it take someone to get a Master's of Divinity? Uh, I mean, it depends. If you're full-time, you can generally about three to four. Um, there's a lot of guys who do part-time while they're working, you know, and they can stretch out six-plus years. Okay, so uh, he, he, listen, he, he answered that in a very soft way. So, so if, you go, <laughs> if you go typically just straight through, if you're like, this is your main thing, you, you should be able to do it in three. Is that correct? Typically? Yeah, that, that's if you're not, like... Working and doing yeah, something. if you don't have anything There's else no going on in your life. Well, because I know I that you uh, squeezed yours into eight when oh, you were Brooks, into... <laughs> quit jumping ahead. We quit just jumping ahead, Brooks. I mean, golly, he's stealing my punchline. So yeah, so I know that you are married to Aaron, and, and God has blessed you with three uh, sons. Correct. And uh, so it took you four years as you're wrapping up about four years to get your MDiv. And yeah, I, yeah. I was setting this up that Brooks had to <laughs> jump in, was. but but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it took me eight years, bro. So, uh, uh, so anyway, of all the things at seminary, and this is, uh, you know, what what do you think is the the one thing that has prepared you the most uh, for for ministry? What, what do you, what do you think? Because there's a lot of head knowledge there. You know, there's a lot of stuff that you get. But what what do you think about seminary yeah. that really helped you? Well, I think for me, honestly, uh, we kind of did it backwards in in some sense, like. Aaron and I have been serving in, in ministry full-time, almost probably cumulative 20 years in varying roles and capacities. Right. So it's kind of odd. So when me getting into seminary, the classes that I got most excited about were ones that most people were kind of like throwaway classes. So right. like when we did the an examination of the church of bo- the book of church order right it, and most of the students are kind of like glazed over and i'm like this is good stuff like you really <laughs> should pay attention this oh, is oh that's funny um, yeah that's but what what in one course that honestly stands out was probably the pastoral counseling um, yeah. the way it was structured uh, just very relevant very practical very helpful for most of what um, from my personal experience, you end up actually doing in ministry. Right. Um, and that's not to knock the the courses like the the history of Christianity courses and um, some of the other ones dealing with more more doctrinal theological stuff were were great. Like I learned a lot. But isn't but, that interesting? But somebody who's been in the trenches, somebody who's been there, realizes the practical theology. Oh my gosh, was so good. So so Charlie, uh, you shared with us on Sunday night when uh, we introduced you to the congregation that. You didn't grow up in a Christian home. That, no, that, not really, no. And I love the fact that you said it wasn't so much that, that you were pursuing Jesus that you realized he was pursuing you. And so that was about your college years. Is that correct? Yeah, I was uh, 20, 21, sometime around there. And uh, looking back, I would say that circumstantially God was at work and uh, bringing me to a place of just desperation, humility. And right. I was just asking bigger questions about like my life. What am I doing? 
what is this thing called life supposed to be for? Mm-hmm. And then uh, ran across an old buddy of mine, and we just were catching up. I hadn't seen him in a long time. So we're having a beer talking. I was like, what have you been doing? He's like, oh, I'm a part of this book book reading group. And I started laughing because I, <laughs> I was like, what do you... What do you mean you're part of a book reading group? I didn't didn't even know yeah. you could read. And he's like, whatever. But then he started describing the book. The one that they had just finished was actually Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton. Okay, yeah. And at the time, they were reading Everlasting Man. And, he, and as he started talking about what the books were about, um, I was like, oh, these are questions I'm actually asking. Like, what is life about? What yeah. is, uh, is there a God, etc.? So I was like... I was like, yeah, and he invited me to come, and I was, and it genuinely sounded interesting. And and the the funny thing it, for me as well is like I didn't read; I was not a reader. Wow. And uh, so yeah, jumped in, and he That's actually awesome. get you get my friend gave me a copy of Orthodoxy, and I read it. It's uh, jumping in the deep end, isn't it? I guess maybe. Yeah. It, it was, but it if was. You're not a reader. It's like you're jumping right in. That's pretty good. Yeah, but it was it was kind of scratching the itch that I had, and so. That's awesome. You know, I'm going to get to a next part of that, but I want to say. Uh, it's so cool you you're talking with a friend over a beer so you must have been you said 20 or 21 so i'm assuming that's 21 because probably the drinking age now anyway i love the story charlie i've heard it a few times about how you kind of realized that you were a christian can you share that again that's yeah. such a great story so it, it was about a six-month process and so as part of that, that book study, there was, a, there was a guy named Sean who was, who was leading it. And he just really was uh, helpful, answering a lot of questions, kind of throwing books my way to read. Cool. And uh, so as I was processing all of these questions I had, um, at some point, I couldn't say when, I started to pray. And it, kinda, and, and it, and it didn't click until one night. I, I just remember being at home. I'm sitting in my room. And I was praying and I became aware that I was praying and that I was, that I was actually talking with Jesus. And I was like, I was like, what am I, I'm praying. <laughs> and then I, re- and I was like, and I, and I just had this overwhelming realization. Like I'm a, I think I'm a Christian. Oh my goodness. I was like, how did this, and then I was just like, how did this happen to me? Like, I didn't, I was like, ah, I don't like Christians. What? I was like, what's going on? I am one. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. That's awesome, and I loved it because you said Sunday. You just kind of realized now my praying. I love Jesus, and you yeah. know, and that He pursued you, which is so cool. It wasn't. It didn't take a lot of time between your conversion or your realization that you are His, that you felt a call to ministry. Is that fairly accurate? Didn't you change your 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 studying and what you're going to do? And- yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think I I had a distinct what I'd call call to ministry or, or since I've been called to ministry. I just knew that I wanted to 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 be with and follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for me, it was kind of like the, the lights came on and I couldn't see the world any differently. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just knew that I had a, I really loved Christ and I wanted to know more about him. Mm-hmm. And my friend who was leading the, the book study was a student at Palm Beach Atlantic. Okay. And so he and I had some conversations. He's like, well, why don't you come sit in and sit in on a class and see if it's something you'd be interested in. Yeah. And so I went, he got permission, so I went, sat in, and I was just like, yeah, I think this is where I want to be. Awesome. And so I didn't have any clue what I was going to do with it. I remember having the conversation with my dad, who who wasn't a believer, and I told him, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to transfer to Palm Beach Atlantic. I'd like to be a biblical studies student with a 
you know, a philosophy student. And he's like, what are you going to do with that? And I and kind of quit back. I was like, well, I guess I'm going to philosophize about why I can't make any money. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he kind of chuckled, shook his head. He's like, that's what you want to do. I'll support you. And, but, you so. know, it's interesting. I know you lost your dad early on, yeah. and I'm so sorry. But just to think of that story, your dad was a golf pro. So it's yeah. not, that's kind of a... That's a little different of a location, you know, as well. And here you are. One of the things you've told me is in the summertime, you'd work with them and you were digging ditches and doing things, thinking, well, I don't want to do this. I think I'll go to college. I think I'll do something different. So uh, um, anyway, uh, that's that's so cool. And, you know, what you said is uh, it was really not necessarily the distinct call to ministry. It was much more of I just want to follow Jesus. And I think of Psalm 36, and, and in there it says, for you are the fountain of life. I mean, we found the fountain of life, and and uh, and in your light we see light. And and I, yeah. I love that. I love that. It's kind of like I can't see the world any other way now. You know, now that by God's grace I have gospel lenses. You know, now that I could see the reality, I'm a redeemed sinner because of the blood of the Lamb, and that He's making all things new. And uh, it's just it's just so cool. I'm like this this week I'm going to be in Ephesians four. And I went back and I, and I looked at, you know, I preached through Ephesians and, and it's, it's, it was a series entitled Making Known the Mystery that, that God in Christ Jesus was uniting all things in heaven and earth. And that's like Ephesians 1, 11 or 12. And, and, and just to see that reality, it's, it's hard. You can't unsee it. You know, it's one yeah. of those things. And because of our flesh and sinfulness, you can certainly live in a, in a way that's in rebellion to that. But, but I get that, Charlie. I get that, hey, I, I tasted and see that the Lord is good, and I, you know, I, I saw the light, and I can't stop seeing the light. And yeah, so. one of one of the um, one of the authors, I'm I'm not alone in this. Was Lewis C.S. Yeah. Lewis was some of the stuff, and and uh, his his essay or or article or whatever you want to call it, uh, theology in a tool shed. Right. Yeah. And that was one of the, I, re, I remember reading that, and where he talks about you looking at the beam versus looking across or through the beam and and seeing the world outside the tool shed. Yeah. And for me, that was that really encapsulated the experience for me. It was like That's kind of so cool. stumbling around in the dark, banging my knees on things and not knowing yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. And all of a sudden the lights came on yeah. and I'm, I was able to see things more clearly. And it was wow. just, it was just a, a radical shift That's for, awesome. for, for me. So I think we're going to make a great duo folks because it took me eight years to get through seminary and, and just a mere five for Charlie. But he says, Hey, I feel like everything I did was backwards. It's like, you know, Hey, I did ministry and then I wound up going to seminary and, you know, for me, I started off in the business world and really felt like, you know, I, I had no idea. And then when God called me in the ministry, I thought I'm going to be a lifer of a youth guy. So I think both of us don't have, quote unquote, traditional paths to ministry, but have a love for ministry and have a love for the Lord and and, uh, and, a, and a lot of experiences. And the cool thing is, Charlie, you've got a lot of experiences. I mean, you've you've done student ministry, you've done church planning, you've done church revitalization, uh, you've been involved in a church our size, uh, a bigger churches. Uh, so you've had a handle and you see the good, the bad and the ugly when it comes to church. And God's kept you around and said, hey, keep serving this bride. You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Very true. Which, which, which is awesome. So yeah. and, you know, you, you mentioned that uh, one of the things I loved um, and maybe it was a it was a good ploy on your part. I can't imagine. But you said. Hey, King's Chapel is a place that we would, Aaron and I and the boys would want to come and join. So uh, what, what made you feel that way? What, what, what did you see about King's Chapel that, um, other than the dynamic preaching and the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, I don't know. It was, it's Some of it's an intangible. I mean, uh, a, a, por- a part of it was, honestly, yours and I's conversation, getting to spend sure. some time with you and Katie. 
um, and just really feeling like, yeah, I think we could work well together. Sure. And then when we visited the church, um, first Aaron and I came the, the first Sunday and, uh, when we left, we're like, well, both of us were like, what'd you think? And it was like, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Everyone who we met was very welcoming, very warm. Seems like there's some things happening there. You know, seems like God's at work. And then we brought our boys with us for them to check it out. Okay. Um, Coulter. Coulter. Conrad. Okay. Hold it. Coulter. Miss- uh, now, uh, um, uh, oh, no, now no, I'm off my guy. So Coulter, I got, and so uh, uh, and the little guy that I always get him. That's Conrad. Conrad, right? And, and then so, our, and then uh, Caden. Caden, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, awesome. so we, we brought them with us, and uh, uh, they enjoyed it. They liked it. They were able to relate uh, with you with the with the service as a whole. They felt really comfortable, nice. and uh, so that was important for us. And then we just started worshiping here as as we were kind of processing, and that because <laughs> it was kind of a weird. Because normally I'd be much more forward, introducing myself, meeting people. Sure. And, and the whole, because we, uh, so for us, it was like, yeah, we really like the church, want to be here, let's, and then Aaron and I would have these conversations, like, well, I want to get involved, but how do we, how do like, we do that? Yeah. How do we do that? Like, what do <laughs> we, we, we haven't we, been hired yet. Yeah, it's like, yeah, what yeah, do we yeah, say? Yeah. It's like, yeah. we joined the church and maybe uh, something happened. So, yeah, yeah it was like, so we so we were just kind of like, well, let's, you know, let's let this, let the process play out and, um. Yeah. So it's it's been it's been an uh, an incredible blessing for us, especially because um, being a part of a church that you you enjoy. Because I've worked at church, I've actually worked at a church where it's like I wouldn't I wouldn't worship here if I wasn't yeah. In, yeah. working here and, and you get a paycheck. Yeah, I got and, you. And yeah. uh, and that, and sometimes that's ministry. It's like you sure. feel, you're called to serve a place. And so for us, having those two things kind of that's meshed cool. together, and then for us as well, desiring to remain in in the Orlando area. Yeah. Not have to uproot and transition our families again. Um, awesome. It's just a, it's a, it's a blessing all around. No, so. listen, it's a huge blessing to us. And, you know, Charlie's going to be a, a jack of all trades. I mean, he's going to really help us uh, in every key area with worship. Uh, he's already helping me, just kind of thinking through, you know, our liturgy and what we're doing and why we're doing it. And we're already thinking the big picture of discipleship. You know, how do we make uh, lovers of Jesus and, and uh, people who are growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and you know, even everything from our Sunday mornings of how do we, how do we do a good job being sticky of, of like making sure we, we are uh, a welcoming church and making sure that things are clear with our volunteers. And there's a lot of work to do, as we know. You know, there's a, King Chapel has been blessed. I love what Brooksy said. You know, there's been a, there's a lot of worker bees. But the reality is, uh, you know, you got to, <laughs> Amy and I and, 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 the, and the, some volunteers uh, have been fantastic. But, um, but we need, man, we, to have you at a time like this can really help solidify. And my, my hope is, that, you know, just help us with worship, help us with discipleship, help us think through next stage of how do we launch a, eventually a student ministry? How do we redesign our men's ministry to have that flourish? And kind of everything uh, that we have of King's Chapel, everything we can to kind of uh, really for the glory of our great God and the good of our neighbor flourish. And so I love the experience that God's giving you. And I love the the, the kind of the stage where you are. And, uh, you know, hey, folks, it's kind of interesting. We work on Tuesdays in Winter Park uh, at kind of a cool little conference room. Now we have Thursdays at the church. Yeah, The other days we're either here in my study or we're at home and Sundays are all day there. So yep. we're figuring it out and uh, there's a lot to figure out. So if you're listening and, and you're a friend uh, of King's Chapel, continue to pray. Uh, pray for the Woodwards, uh, for them getting plugged in um, 
and you know pray, pray for King's Chapel to love them well. But more than anything, uh, pray that we flourish. And we got our next uh, KC uh, connection, family connection coming up. And we're, we're hoping, I know you guys are going to be in it. We're yeah, gonna, we'll be it's there. It's going to be exciting to have, to have others. I'll give you a last shout out. Anything else, Charlie, that, that we need to know? Uh, is there anything uh, that KC Cornerland needs to know about you or the Woodwards? Well, uh, today's my wife's birthday. Mm. So we're... Happy she, birthday yes. to you. She That's turned 23. Awesome. It's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is amazing. No, we're, we're, no, it's funny. She's actually, she turned 42 today, so we're so... You can't say that on it. We have to well, delete that. I'm just kidding. She, That's awesome. That's well, awesome. there is, I mean, just because we woke up this morning, I was like, happy birthday. She's like, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, we're, yeah. we're laughing about yeah. it. But no, it is. It's it's cool. It's her birthday. We've been married uh, 20 years, so we're coming up on 21. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic! Hey, rumor has it she sings. I I, I can't wait to see her. She, we're gonna hopefully sometime have she her. She does. That would be great. She, she has a she has a pretty good voice. That's awesome. But I'm biased. So. Well, that's fantastic. Hey, happy birthday, Aaron. That's fantastic. All right. Hey, great to have you, Brooksy. Are we uh, are we good? I think we're all good. Um, all right. Um, we gave you a little bit of the morning off here. But, I know. I was just sitting relaxing. You know, just chilling. <laughs> and so, uh, um, all right. But. Hey, blessings, folks. Uh, listen, a couple things coming up. Don't forget um, that we have our officer installation on the 23rd. It's going to be a big Sunday. Don't forget, um, for those of you who have yet to officially jump in and join, we would love to have you. If you're in this area, we have our next Casey Family Connection Friday the 21st, 6 p.m. at our house. Uh, please email me, Pastor Jeff at kingschapelfl.com or, or connect at kingschapelfl.com. And we'd love to get you on the list. Absolutely. See you guys Sunday. All right. Blessings, everybody.